everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Wednesday at noon here in Indianapolis. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman on Radio Row, joined by Fran Duffy of PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Fran, how are you? Thank you for joining us and playing along as we all sit here without any pants on. Yes, uh, as we know, uh, that is always on the table uh, when, when you are involved. But, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Do not uh, put it on the table. <laughs> I'm very very happy to be with both you guys uh, here for Radio Row. Excited for the three-man weave since it was just me, me and you at the Senior Bowl yes. uh, to have that, Zach here with us today. And I, I, I'm i not in on the no-pants bit. Like, we're all very <laughs> professional here. We're wearing Clearly, pants. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's uh, make that abundantly clear. Okay. Some of us are wearing pants. Let's at least keep it at that. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going we're gonna to just sort of rapid fire, throw some draft questions at you, Fran, as uh, we are here for the Combine. We've got, you know, next week to really preview free agency, all that good stuff. But, you know, we want to make use of you. So uh, we want to do a little bit of that. But, but before we do that, Zach, give us a little Stone Cold Newsman update to kick things off. Sure. Uh, since we last spoke, the NFLPA released – their player survey. They did this last year at the Combine. It came out today. Uh, we're going to get into it in tomorrow's show because we have Fran today and we're going to talk draft here in the Combine. But just to, to to give a quick overview, the Eagles were ranked number four among 32 teams overall. Uh, and among the A grades were the cafeteria, which Fran can I would attest agree. to. Yep. Uh, head coach and ownership also received A's. And weight room received an A- and the strength coaches received an A-. minus. So uh, we'll get into more. And then I, if I gave the A grades, I should give the C grades too. Uh, the treatment of families was a C grade, and the team travel was a C grade. So we'll get into all those details tomorrow. That's what Bo calls a tease. Uh, but that's, that's nah, the nah, news nah, at the nah, top. Nah, nah. Back to you in the studio. Uh, oh, thanks. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I've got some more thoughts, I think, on, on the Nick Sirianni uh, stuff from yesterday that we can get to. But let's save that for tomorrow. Let's, let's talk draft with Fran. Um, first of all, how are you? I'm great. I, I you love, love an Indy. Uh, yeah, I love an Indy. It's a, it's a great food city. Uh, <laughs> great job. <laughs> Dynamite <laughs> dropping. It's a great food yeah. city. Uh, I, I think, and I know, you know, you and Sheil, uh, will bust on other writers for, for saying this. They should never move the combat. <laughs> they really, they, they really should not. It, all the other options. It just makes too much sense well, to keep here for Vegas. a lot of reasons. Yeah, but from what I understand, like that's that was not a pleasant experience, uh, you know, for for most people. Uh, I loved from, it from an event standpoint, uh, oh. but you know, yeah. to each his own. I love Indy though. It, just the connectivity, like the connectivity. How about we go somewhere where? And, and I know that the weather was nice the first couple of days. We, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to go somewhere where it's not freezing every day, right? Every every year. Yeah, that's why they have jackets. Uh, you okay. know, so you do have a jacket when you walk off the plane. I think the big thing is obviously the the efficiency from like the the medical portion of it. That that is a big reason. That's why it hasn't moved yet. Is that they haven't found a solution for getting 320 plus MRIs done in you know over a four day span and having all of those medical facilities here in downtown Indianapolis? It's so crazy. This is the only place in the country with hospitals. Well, you know, there's a reason why it was it came here in the begin to begin with, and the central location being a part of that. But uh, having all of those facilities ready to go, this is a, a big convention city already. So like having all of that stuff in place, it just makes too much sense. Bo, being a big Adele guy, wants to monetize the combine a little bit. Of course, more, so. No, I just, I just <laughs> any, any way to make any way to make life. a buck, both. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, Zach, did you have a good evening last night? Yes, I I love coming to the combine. <laughs> nice evening, nice dinner with you, among others. Who and between the two of you do you think enjoys the combine more? I would say Fran. Wow, Probably I feel like that's that's a it's close. mission for you, Zach. No, look, uh, it's I enjoy the combine. I think Fran. Fran probably gets more out of the combine than I do, um, and so you know, you know, Fran's going to be at the uh, in the stadium this 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 week, and so I love the uh, I ju- I just love all these NFL people in one city, yep. and there's a certain energy, there's a certain buzz. It's the start of the non-playing season from my perspective. Ah, uh, the NPO. There you go. I don't know why you call it the NPO. It's the NPS. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I I will give Fran the honors there, and I will. Gladly take the owners' meetings uh, mantle. There you go. So, yeah, we all know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mr. Money, Money, Money over here. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Let's let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk a little shop here, okay. friend. I want to start with uh, having known you and your draft process for a very long time, and uh, some of the things that are your like some of your best historic things that you were a little bit outside of consensus on okay. and and nailed. I believe 
that corner is one of your, if not your best position. Mm. Uh, now you may feel free to disagree, but uh, I think cornerback is a, is a, a very realistic possibility for the Eagles in the first round or in the second round with those two second round picks. How do you see this group stacking up? How does it compare uh, to two years past? I think it's a good cornerback group. You know, it's not the same as a couple of years ago when you had Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn both go in the top 10. Uh, there's not going to be that kind of uh, draft for this year where you see those two guys go off that early. But I think there are a lot of players you can be really excited about, especially in the first round. So uh, Cooper DeGene from Iowa, he's not going to work out here That's this the white week guy, in Indianapolis. So everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, the corner I mean. from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, the cornerback from Iowa who's great athletic <laughs> testing. Great, who played the Big Ten. Yeah. Great athlete who could be a corner, a yes. nickel, a safety. He's done a little bit of everything. Everything. He's been a great punt returner, uh, tough, physical, instinctive man, zone, press, off, inside, outside. You love everything about Cooper DeGene from that standpoint. Uh, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, you got a chance to see him okay. down at the Senior Bowl, first-round prospect all day. Let me just, everybody else from here on out is going to be not white, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So, so now that, that that's established, okay. thank you. Uh, make sure. <laughs> uh, I like, you know, both Alabama corners, uh, Kool Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold. Uh, a lot of people really like Nate Wiggins as well. Really athletic corner from Clemson. So there's a bunch. Of, I mean, that's five names right there that people are talking about in the first round of this draft. So for the Eagles, tell us what like uh, what what would a Vic Fangio corner look like and what are the the skill sets that would be a little bit different than than other teams might be looking for you know i think that over the course of uh vic fangio's time in the nfl over the you know you go to san francisco to chicago to denver uh you know i think a lot of people are quick to point oh it's 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 quarters coverage it's quarters coverage so it's a lot of zone based things but you know you go to denver and his last year in denver they played man coverage as not as much as anybody but they played a lot of man coverage and more so than uh that they had played previously and a lot of that was because of the talent that they had at corner they drafted Patrick Sertan and they said this guy's one of the best young corners in football already we're going to play a lot of man uh, and so I don't know that I would look at it and say oh look they, they have to go with Quinion Mitchell because you know he played so much off zone and that's what the, how they're going to be I think that there are you know there's always the the mix of the on field and the off field and so that's going to kind of open the door for really any of these guys and then it's going to be up to Vic Fangio and the defensive staff to really kind of cater what they want to do from a coverage standpoint to that player skill set. You mentioned the two Alabama corners. Kool-Aid McKinstry was the cover photo yep. for, for today's show. It seemed going into the year, he was getting more of the hype. Yeah. And he was like the top guy. Terry and Arnold overtook him. Is there uh, some like post-hype charm to Kool-Aid? Um, and is is he someone who, uh, I, I, I guess, do you see Terry and Arnold as the superior player? Um, or do you think uh, there is some charm to Kool-Aid. Yeah, I think that when you look at Kool-Aid, the reason why he probably got a little bit more of the hype, he started as a true freshman. And when you do that for Nick Saban in the secondary, there, there's going to be a lot of hype associated there. He was a five-star recruit. Uh, obviously, the name for, yep. for, for what it is, like there's name I recognition mean, there, right? So man, one of the, the best, best names you can you could find. But I think when you look at Kool-Aid, uh, how he tests this week, I think will be a little bit lesser than when you compare him to some of these other corners that we've talked about. I, I don't think he's going to test as well as Wiggins. He wouldn't have tested well as DeGene if DeGene was going to go. Uh, I think Arnold will test a little bit better. Uh, Quinion Mitchell, I think, is going to run in the four threes. I think he's going to run a little bit better. So I think when you look at the overall testing, I don't think Kool-Aid is quite that level of athlete. Still a good good athlete, but I think with all those other guys, you're talking uh, in that blue chip level. Uh, you know, if you look at the, the relative athletic score, the RAS score, those guys are all going to be like nine plus, and I think Kool-Aid's probably going to be in like that eight and a half to nine. So we're, you know, we're picking nits there, but I think when you look at uh, Terry and Arnold, a little bit tra more traitsy. Uh, so like the, the height weight speed like is going to be a little bit more intriguing there. Uh, the, the ball production was absolutely there for him this past season. Both of them were starters coming into the year. So it's not like, oh, you know, you didn't really see anything of Terry and Arnold. Uh, but I think this past year. Is it the kind of thing where like that. the ball production is there because the teams were throwing away from McKinstry? Uh, well, I can tell you that uh, here this year. So, uh, the, this yeah, the, the, this, this past this prepared. past season, uh, Terry and Arnold was targeted on 17 uh, percent of his uh, of his pass coverage snaps. And Kool-Aid McKinstry was targeted. Uh, on just 8%. So, yeah, oh. the, the, the team stayed away from Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, whereas they went at Terry and Arnold. Now, Arnold did come through and was productive this past season, but uh, he did see a little bit more action. All right, so, you know, one of the nice things about being here in the combine, we're in the corner, so we get to see everything that's going on at Radio Row. We see people walk by. Peckness migrate Dane Brugler, Greg Cosell, Tony Pauline. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, that's a good one. I mean, I got. I think I have to nest Dane Brugler. I think you got yeah, to. I gotta, yeah, I got to. You got to nest Dane Brugler. Um, 
I mean, I, I think you got to. I mean, those are some, those yeah. are some interesting pecs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna peck uh, my longtime co-host on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, uh, Greg Cosell, and then migrate Tony Pauline. Well, let's hope that he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't see this. I mean, he yes. might have gotten his four mile. He might be out running right now. He's. Uh, I know he's. He runs like four miles a day or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, now so Cooper DeJean, he's not testing this week. He's not. Uh, he had an injury late in the season. Nothing too too serious, uh, mm. but it did cost him the last couple of games uh, for Iowa, and then uh, cost him a little bit of the training period. So he's going to try. Uh, Dane actually reported uh, a couple weeks ago that he is going to try and test for teams in April. And the like the the thought process that he might move to safety is that reverse racism. No, I don't think so because he he played all over the field for okay. Iowa. Uh, honestly, like a name that popped into my head while watching Cooper DeGene because there was a lot of this uh, written about this player when he was coming out. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was viewed as like, is he a corner? Is he a safety yeah. when he was at Florida yeah. State? Uh, because he played safety that final year, they wanted to get him inside. They wanted to play him close to the football, uh, you know, because he was placed, you know, down close to the line of scrimmage so often. But he was a dynamite corner, and that's kind of how I viewed DeGene. I think when you look at the, the height, weight, speed profile, I think they're very, very similar. Um, now, Jalen Ramsey you know, has been an sure. outstanding corner, uh, was a top five pick, top ten pick. Uh, DeGene's not going to go that high. Now, if he had tested, maybe there was a little bit more buzz that way. But uh, I think that Cooper DeGene, like from a archetype standpoint, is that kind of defensive back. Now, this is known as an offensive tackle draft, offensive tackle yeah. wide receiver. Uh, why is this such a strong O tackle draft? Mm. Who are the guys that set this apart from, obviously last year was a bad one, but even like a middle of the pack O tackle I think depending on what you want, like you're going to find it here in this class. And so if you're looking for uh, your light-footed, you know, dancing bear type, you've got it. If you want your uh, your road grading right tackle, you've got it. If you want the the technician, if you want uh, all, all the different archetypes are all there with this offensive tackle group, and they're and they're there in spades. I mean, you look at Olu Fushanu from Penn State. You look at Amarius Mims from Georgia, J.C. Latham, Alabama, Kingsley Suomataia from BYU. Wow. And look, you you asked me about him at the senior. I said I was not ready for it at that point. We're ready now uh, at this point. But, you know, Tyler Guyton and Joe Alt, you just go right down the line. All these guys are legitimate It'd be players. funny if you messed up Joe Alt. Yeah, Joe Alt. Uh, <laughs> Joe Alt's brother played for the Flyers. Did you know that? No, I actually did not yeah. know that. Well, there you go. All well, right. So, for you guys. I didn't. I did nice. not know that one. Uh, but no, there's a. There are a bunch of legitimate first round talent uh, prospects at that position. Uh, now it's just gonna be beauty in the eye of the beholder in terms of how they come off the board. Well, let's you know uh, in terms of eye of the beholder. We know that the beholder here is Jeff Stoutland. We know that he likes to say, uh, "I'm looking for unusual, unusual traits." Unusual, right? Right. Yep. Sure. Who are the guys? who have those unusual traits. Well, that's what makes this one fun is that okay. there are a lot of guys you would say unusual like, in different ways. Yes, and okay. that's the thing. So, uh Kingsley Suomataia, all uh, right, well, so we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll go we'll go back to him from BYU. Now you're just showing off. Tw 21-year-old rookie who was a captain this past year as a redshirt sophomore was number 3 on Bruce Feldman's freak list at 67 wow. uh 350 or whatever he came and out. You do not see a lot of 21-year-olds coming out of BYU. No, no you don't. Uh, he's not your typical. He was Penny Sewell's cousin. He started at Oregon and then transferred to BYU this mm. past year. Uh so he's got all kinds of ability. The, the traits are there. A little bit unpolished as a younger player, but high character, uh everything you want. He's played he has started at left tackle and he has started at right tackle. So there's a lot to like about that profile. But then you go to uh, Amarius Mims from Georgia. Only, only eight starts in his college career. That's, I mean, you don't see that along the offensive line. Uh, but he's six. He's listed six seven three forty, and he does not move like six seven three forty. He's going to be one of the more impressive movers on Sunday. I can't wait for this offensive line workout uh, on Sunday because you have so many of these guys that are viewed this way. Troy Fawatanu from Washington, similar kind of. He's six four, you know, three hundred pounds, outstanding athlete. So he's got some unusual movement patterns for an offensive lineman. Uh, Tyler Guyton, who we got to see down at the, at the Senior Bowl, he's a former tight end in college, only a one-year starter at Oklahoma at offensive tackle, who looks the part and is a, a true, like, outstanding foot quickness, dancing bear type of offensive lineman. And so all these guys are, are unusual in their own way. J.C. Latham is a brick house. He is so, He's probably the strongest player in the draft. He's been a two-year starter at right tackle for Nick Saban in Alabama. So depending on what you're looking for, again, you've got it in this class. There are some guys with outstanding physical traits. Uh are we staying on on the tackles? Or I know this is rapid fire. Go ahead. On. So, you, uh... so someone posed a question to me the other day: Who is the most likely in this class if you had to bet being all pro? Mm. And my answer was Brock Bowers. And, oh my uh, God. Here and, we go. And <laughs> there's a lot of talk, right? I, I saw Daniel Jeremiah talking about positional value last week. Um, Brock Bowers is 
I think just like a, a different player. Um, what, what's your view of Brock Bowers? And if you take away the TE and you just look at him as like offensive weapon, uh, does that change the way you view him? Bo's rolling his eyes. I hate this so much. I, I, because I actually I side with Bo on okay. the offensive weapon uh, okay. handle. I, I probably felt differently about that four years ago, five years ago, six years ago. But uh, I think, look, at the end of the day, like when when those guys go into meetings on Wednesday, when they come in for game planning, you know, there's not an offensive weapon room in the uh, in the in the building, wherever he goes, right? He, he's going to go to the tight end room. And so he's going to be a tight end. Uh, I think at the end of the day, when you look at Bowers, he's outstanding. He's the, he goes to the offensive weapon room. Denard Robinson is his position. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I mean, to me, like, People are, are very quick to say, "Oh, he's better than Kyle Pitts." I mean, Pitts was Pitts was outstanding. Oh, Florida. I, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Pitts was outstanding That's, at Florida. Yeah. They are very different players. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pitts was uh, like a wide receiver in terms of his usage and what he ran down the field. Bowers is much more, and he's an outstanding athlete uh, in turn in his own right. It's a shame that he can't go, or I don't know if he's doing a full battery of tests here this week. But when you look at Bowers, uh, he can run. He's really strong. He's really tough. He's not a like plus plus blocker, but he's a more than good enough blocker and with what he can do with the ball in his hands and at the catch point i mean he's a he's a game breaker at the position that said i think when you do look at and you know daniel jeremiah made the point that it's about like the franchise tag yes. number. i don't even think it's necessarily all about the franchise tag numbers either i think even if you start looking down at like all right uh you know travis kelsey uh and his contract and from a, an aay standpoint how much he makes a year compare that that's like similar to you know what Gabe Davis is going to make sure. on the open market this year, right? As a, yep. as a like a mid-level wide receiver too. And so the, to me, like the, the proof is in the pudding in terms of how teams value that position. By the way, yes. I, I think Bo is going to love Brock Bowers because he's from Napa. He is as from a, Napa. As a, Why? Because I'm a wino? <laughs> as a wine connoisseur, yeah. As someone who, who, who enjoys a good mer, uh, Merlot, I think you uh, would. Don't, uh, like, now we got to do a whole sideways <laughs> thing. I got to tell you, we don't drink Merlot. Like. <laughs> Merlot. Uh, yeah, here's my Brock Bauer. You know, on the on the one hand, there for a long time, like tight ends did not make an impact early, um, and that has changed of late. So that's that moves me a little bit. But I mean, if we're talking in the first round, if you're if you're drafting a tight end, that tight end better be one of the three best tight ends in the league. Hence the All Pro like, designation that I said. Okay, yeah. but like that is a that is a very small margin for error. That, and to your point, yep. like. If you get the 45th best receiver in the league, that is better than the sixth best tight end in the league, right? Uh, and, you know, tight end is not an immediate need for them. Uh, the the idea, like the offensive weapon idea, like, oh, if you just put wide receiver next to his name, like, give me a break. If you put wide receiver next to his name, he wouldn't be very good. I think he would. I think he I mean, would be, be good. Fine. Yeah, I think but, he would be good. But at the end of the day, he's going to be a tight end, right? And so you, you kind of have to have that designation. I... At the end of the day, you want good players, right? And you made yep. the, you talked about uh, a couple days ago, I believe, on the show, where you said that you, you right. kinda, it can be overplayed a little bit. I think the surplus value thing is a little bit overstated. Yeah, yeah it's about like the, the the hit rates at important positions. This is where you get good players. Like, that's, and that's the thing is that if you if you accept the fact that no one is a, a certainty in this whole process, see, uh, the most the I remember the the safest player ever was uh, Godeek's uh, Aaron Curry. Aaron Curry, yes. my man. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, he is. Oh, yeah. can't miss. Yes, and he missed. Like and it's like and you look at everything about his profile and say, oh, he's he's going to be a, a long time starting in the NFL. Even if he's not an All Pro, he should be a good player. And he didn't make it. And so if you hipster say hipster opinion, I always thought Alfonso Smith was a better player, and uh, he, he didn't hit course, either. Of so. course, you did. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I think that's I, such a bold <laughs> right Listen, I watched every I watched that team play every week. I, he was the better player on the defense. Um, but that said. Uh, you know, if you're going to take your shots in the first round, you to me, you, you take it at the the uh, the more boom bust positions. So I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, next position to talk about uh, is the edge. I think, and we're, if we're talking at at 22, it seems like this is not a huge uh, like you know 10 guys who are going to go in the first round edge group. Um, I think my most important question to you is. Should the Eagles be concerned about drafting a player named Dallas if they have to be in the division with the Cowboys? <laughs> great, great callback. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Les Bowen. Yes, that's the Dallas Reynolds yes. Uh, yes. question. Even they already they have a Dallas. Uh, yeah, the the edge rushers feels like not necessarily uh, the strength of this class, but maybe some guys who who could be in play at twenty two. 
or yeah. around that neighborhood? Yeah, I think that it's similar to what we were saying with corner, where there's not that guy that's going to go, that has a lock to go in the top five, six, seven, right? And look, for the first time ever, it might be completely offense only in the top 10 of this draft. Uh, but I think when you look at Dallas Turner, you look at Jared Verse, you look at Layatu Latu, you know, those are the three guys that I think people are talking about, uh, you know, in that, we'll say like eight to 20 range. Uh, and are all those guys going to go in that range? Uh, could somebody sneak in? You know, could Mizzou's Darius Robinson sneak in there? Uh, is there another player that could potentially you know, break, break in there? Chop Robinson, right? So, uh, you know, he's going to test well this week. So I think when you look at that position, that's the range where you're seeing the first one come off the board. And then you know how this goes. It's all about, all right, like, are sure. there going to be runs at other positions that could fall, cause someone else to fall? Latu's medical this week is going to be a big thing. You know, after he had the uh, the issue early in his career, Washington that forced him to medically retire before Firefighter. going to UCLA. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he he did firefighting. I what didn't know that. Yeah, you, yeah, him and Grant Calcaterra. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, I did not know that uh, about Latu. I do like Latu. Latu is awesome. He's, he's also 35 years old. <laughs> I don't know if he's 35, <laughs> uh, but he's uh, he's as skilled a rusher as we've seen uh, in the top of the draft. So Latu. Yeah, Latu. Okay. Yes. Uh, what's the what's the scouting report in terms of like uh, profile for the players for those other guys? So Jared Verse uh, started his career at Albany, uh, and then after a couple of years, transferred down to Fl- the Florida State and was one of the most productive pl- players yeah. in the country. You don't last see a lot year. of Albany to Florida State. No, that pipeline uh, doesn't really exist yeah. uh, typically. But I think when you look at no Verse, nonstop flights from Albany to Tallahassee. No, um, good uh, good student unions uh, in both towns. But <laughs> I mean, I both of the, them actually. Yeah, right. yes. <laughs> uh, but I think when you look at Jared Verse, he's explosive, he's powerful, he's violent, he's a good run defender. Uh, I think the the athleticism isn't like a huge huge strength of his game. I don't think he's going to look great like in the three cone or anything like that. Like um, an AJ Epinesa type then. Yeah, I think so. But he's, you know, Epinesa, what I liked about Epinesa coming out was he had like that inside out versatility. I think, okay. I think when you look at verse, he's a straight, like more of like a Josh sweat. Like he is a pure base defensive end. Like uh, let okay. him line up uh, over tackle and go. That's kind of what you look at here with Jared verse. Uh, the production was outstanding, not just last year, but even this year as well, as he continued to get more attention, he was still a handful for offensive lines. Okay. Um, Dallas, Dallas Turner. Turner. Yeah. So I he was a Dallas Turner. Yeah. big time recruit. Uh, so we're right up, right up, that, right up that alley. Fort uh, Lauderdale, you know, right? right? Yeah, yes. big-time big recruit. Uh, he is more athletically gifted, and he's been productive. I mean, he was a, a, an all-SEC all performer over the last couple of seasons. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, yeah, he had uh, he had ten, yeah he's had he had ten sacks this past season. Was a defensive player of the year in the SEC. Six four two forty. So a little bit of a lighter package than the other guys. But uh, to me, he he can win with length and power, and he can also win with speed. And so. Having that ability to win from uh, with multiple ways, I think it's a little bit different than like a Chop Robinson, yep. where everything with him is speed, quickness, okay. first step. I want to win off the ball and, and turn the corner. That that's Chop Robinson's game. Uh, uh, too quick. Uh, I'm I'm deferring to Bo for. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm deferring to Fran for all the evaluations. I'm just giving like the little nuggets here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dallas Turner arrived at Alabama as a. I think he called it a COVID 260. And uh, he says his preferred playing weight is like 255. Um, and then Jared Verse okay. is going to be a Vic Fangio favorite because he's from Berwick, Pennsylvania. There we go. Uh, so if 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 the Eagles take Jared Verse, we can spread PHLY to like you know the the Berwick audience and. Uh, no, that'll be huge for us. <laughs> I'd be I I would love the Berwick audience. Berwick's a nice town. I've never been to Berwick. I've never been to Berwick. Nothing against Berwick. Have you been to Berwick? I have. I've driven through Berwick, actually. Well, that doesn't count. (laughs) Berwick's a nice town. Did you 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 have a meal? Did you have a meal in Berwick? I did not eat it. I, I, don't think it, it counts I can't tell you what kind yeah. of food. So now you're just yeah. lying to the good people of Berwick. <laughs> They're going to turn their backs on us. I didn't go through Berwick and say, this is a crappy town. I said, this is a nice town. Yeah. They didn't even, Big football you, town. You didn't even, you know, deign them with a, a stop off. <laughs> didn't even pee there. I did not. I did not stop the pee in Berwick. No. Longtime sickos know that we have we have uh, Fran's draft spreadsheet is like oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's it is a, a, the thing of legend, and it's unbelievable. But what I am, am impressed with today is the deftness with which you are able to just pull these things up quickly. I mean, not just the information you have, but the the quickness that you're able to just bounce around position to position, pull up these nugs. Uh, look, it's a uh, it's uh, a uh... I wear all, all year on this sheet, so I, I know how to navigate and get in, in and out of tabs and uh, be able to find a find a guy if I need him. So it shouldn't be a surprise. Do you? I mean, you have a, a lovely son, Francis. Yes. Would you say that this is like your second child? Uh, it's, it is a labor of love for sure. This thing. Um, 
Uh, and like a child, you've I, seen it grow over the years. Seen it grow, yeah. grow and evolve over the years. Uh, this was my uh, this is my twelfth combine, and I would say nice. my, for the difference between this one and the one from my first combine is definitely a little bit different. Uh, it's definitely evolved over the years for sure. Well, you know what hasn't changed over the years, Bran. Ooh, I know Have a good transition here. The great taste of Miller Lite, <laughs> because it was the original light beer, and to this day, it is still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste you want and less of the stuff you don't. Had a nice dinner and drinks with Zach Berman yesterday. Never seen somebody put back so many Miller Lights as Zach oh, did. That's not Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Miller Lite is great because they keep it simple, undebatable quality, great taste and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most, a light beer that tastes like beer, less filling and only 96 calories, the original light beer since 1975. And when you are hanging out with your buds, you want a nice bottle of suds. And that's what Miller Lite is bringing to the table. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash P-H-L-Y-Birds, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. I'm not advocating this, but during draft season, sometimes people sign up for like certain websites, and then they uh, they put a subscription in. They plan to cancel after the draft, and they forget to do it. Well, OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> if 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 you're one of those people. Make sure you have Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if, something, if there's something I don't want, Rocket Money helps me cancel with a few taps. Rocket Money has over a mil, over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when you using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. That's rocketmoney.com slash PHLY, rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. And while I have you here, you notice that I am wearing some PHLY swag. This is the last day of our 30% off sale on the PHLY locker, so take advantage while you can. Uh, you can look like the second most fashionable Eagles beat writer. That would be me uh, behind Josh Tolentino. Uh, Fran, are there guys? I know you're still going through the process. Yep. How, what number? What's our number right now? How many guys have you watched? Uh, I have done just over 190. Oh. Yeah. I, I've watched at least a couple a games. Of so 190, yeah. uh, 190 <laughs> guys. This is, this is a callback to, to Zach saying, listening to you, saying, oh, you do him? Oh, yeah, I did him. Yeah, he was good. Um, <laughs> That's a good callback. I forgot about that. Are there guys uh, who, you, Mark, who you are already ready to sort of plant your flag on as mm. being higher on than, than consensus? It's a good question. Um, You're the Nate Petermans of this draft. Yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> I would say a... Uh, <sighs> Kingsley Suamataia. I mean, I had to get the name. You worked right. so hard on the yeah, name. That's you the gotta, thing. Yeah, I had to make sure that I, that I get it in there. Um, I would say, like, I don't know if I'm quite ready here on this player, but I am surprised at how little love Keon Coleman from Florida mm. State is getting. The the wide receiver yep. uh, who you know you rewind back to September and you go to October. He was a top 15 pick in most mock drafts that you saw. Uh, and it feels like a lot of people are, you know, the, the, the shine is worn off a little bit. And I'm not really sure why. I think he's going to come out here and he's going to test really, really well. And so maybe uh, that buzz works back the other way. But uh, to me, when you see a six foot four receiver who doesn't put the football on the ground and can attack all three levels, he's a little bit unpolished as a route runner. Uh, I don't think that he's a surefire prospect. I'm like, oh, man, this guy is definitely going to make it. But it's the same kind of bet that you make with a, a DK Metcalf. Uh, mm. Where you know you're hey you're, you're gonna bite uh, you're gonna bet on that height weight speed uh, now Metcalf had the the medical issue that kind of made that a, a cloudy eval but I think when you look at Keon Coleman uh, it's a, a similar kind of discussion there. Okay, I like I'm, I'm higher. I feel like I'm higher on Cooper DeGene than most. Yeah. Um, Tyler Newbin, uh, the safety from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do like a, I like a Tyler Newbin. He did not go down to the Senior Bowl, but I think when you look at like the the height, weight, speed there, uh, the the play personality, the way that he plays the, the the game, he's able to impact in a lot of different ways. Uh, I like Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. Um, 
just kind of looking through the list here in terms of other guys that I feel like I'll, Brandon Dorless would be a player uh, uh, a little Oregon. bit higher. Yeah, the Oregon defensive Lots lineman. Lots transfer, right? Uh, no, he, st- he, st- he was at Oregon the, the the entire time. Oh, no, he ruined you ruined Zach's day. Well, the, the big thing, at least from my, from my memory, I believe oh, he was no. at Oregon the whole time. Zach is Googling um, frantically this – Oh no! Yeah, this is, no, I, this is difficult. I have uh, it as just Oregon. Um, originally committed to Virginia Tech. Uh, ah, okay. uh, 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 all right. You can split the difference okay. there. Yeah. Deerfield Beach High School uh, down in uh, down in Florida. We had uh, the but, broad strokes right, but the fact check was wrong. Yeah, right. Not bad. Uh, but Brandon Dorless, uh, he's cut from the Milton Williams cloth. He, he is that oh. kind of well, another uh, friend of your favorite. Uh, that's right. I was very big on Milton Williams and his ability to win from multiple techniques, his aggressiveness against the run, his athleticism, uh, very similar body types. I think when you look at Dorless, you look at Milton Williams, I think it's an easy kind of apples to apples comparison. Okay. Uh, and now what about, you know, I said the thing about cornerback being one of your better p- positions historically. Do you, do you agree with that? Um, I haven't like done a, you know, I haven't quality controlled myself that way. Um, I, I have five confidence in my ability to look at corners though. Uh, okay. I, I think when you look at, uh, I, I, what are the positions you feel right best there. about? What are the positions? Yeah. Tredavious I was, White. Yeah, I was yeah. big on Tredavious White, uh, Zavin Howard. Uh, I was big on Zavin Howard, uh, or a couple, a few other guys in there over the years, but I've the, had a, my, plenty of misses as well at that, at that spot. What are the positions you feel best about and then the ones you feel are the most difficult? So I very much enjoy studying corners, uh, offensive tackles. And I think that a lot of that is because the, uh, the body mechanics of both positions, you know, having to play in reverse, uh, you know, and, uh, no, doing, doing the, un- the unnatural uh, that, you know, for defensive linemen, you're getting reactionary positions. Yes, exactly. I think that uh, I enjoy watching that position uh, for those reasons. I love watching receivers. Um, you can get kind of uh, numb watching the the same guy, the same kind of guys over and over, uh, especially from certain offenses. But uh, there are so many different body types of receiver that I, you know you're always going to find something that you like. Uh, and then pass rush, uh, I love watching pass mm-hmm. rushers as well. Uh, yeah. In terms of what are my what are my worst ones, I mean, I feel like safety must be just safety is tough. It's just hard because yes. you got to watch the play so many times to figure out what you think they're supposed to be doing. Right? Just just the way that. You know that in this in this role with what I do now, I don't need to like have a big board and have the you know have like constant constantly update rankings for like fans to be able to take in, right? So um, I can watch two games of a player in September and then not watch him again until March, and I'm fine. Uh, but if I do that at safety, if I only watch a couple games and mm. then I fast forward like four months, and, yeah, it's that that can be tough. So you know, with safety, you always feel like you want to watch four, five, six games. I just don't always have the time to go to watch like four, five, six mm. games at, at a time of a player. Um, so I would say safety, but I, I love watching safety because it's so similar to to, uh, to corner uh, in a lot of ways. So um, I, I'd say that would be the toughest one. Let me get, let's get into like the mechanics of when you're watching film. Like mm. what, what, what when you're at home, mm. what's the balance when, when well, you're putting the kids to put Francis to bed? Well, yeah. verb though, by the way, you're, grind, you're never watching film, you're grinding film. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I'm doing a guy. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, uh, <laughs> um, changing your verbs for the rest <laughs> yeah, of the show right. now. Uh, so it has changed since uh, since ha- since uh, we've we had Francis. So since uh, we were blessed with uh, him coming to us four years ago, um, it used to be I would go into the office very early and I would try and get stuff done you know, early in the morning. Football uh, guy. Yeah, right. But so now that that has changed. And now I get it more more of it done like at night. So uh, after Francis goes to bed, maybe we we'll watch, you know, watch a TV show with Meg. You know, we, we, we take it in a little. Uh, what are you watching content. these days? So I uh, I just finished um, for all mankind on Apple. Oh, okay. Excellent. I loved it. Space it was, guy. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say as, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a space guy, but I loved the show. It was a uh, like, I like the alternate history uh, idea for space guy. Yeah. Every now and then, Zach <laughs> says something and has this smile on his face, and I don't know what he's smiling about. And he goes, "Space guy," and well, he's but, like looking at me like he just said the funniest thing in the world. Well, he he was disappointed with your no cell. That's yeah. um, uh, par for the course. <laughs> Uh, Space guy? But yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed For All Mankind, though. The first two seasons, he I thought still were very loves it. I know. I, you got to lay it out. What, 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 are we, what are we missing here? <laughs> I, look, He's I, having the time I, of his life. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> I thought it was a good question. I'm going to go to the prospects today. Just I'm going to ask them, Space guy? <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for all mankind was pretty good though. <laughs> okay, so now post for all mankind, then you yep. then you then you got the late night. Yes, yeah, so then uh, you know usually you're doing uh, like uh like what's our screen setup at home? Uh, so I, I've got a, I've I've made a nice little setup for it. we we moved a couple fall uh, two December's ago. Mm-hmm. So, Moving guy. 
Uh, yeah, moving guy. Um, no, so I uh, so when we when we moved, I have a, have my own office, so have the uh, a nice little setup in there. A uh, couple screens work that works out. So what what is it? Two screens plus um, the laptop. What? So uh, at the office, okay. I had a four screen setup. Oh, four oh, yeah well because what we want two for the film and then two for everything else okay like uh, a day trader over yeah here. so like, we yeah. got we got i got away from that i was i was told it was too much so we had to, we had to, we had to back we had to back <laughs> okay. off on that uh our everybody engineer, else was jealous yeah we had to we had to we had to back off on that so uh, right, down, i'm down to three screens there Fran got four monitors uh, screen screen guy um okay. so but uh yeah i've got so i've got a couple screens and we make it work why can't you give me a straight answer two screens three screens three screens yeah three screens okay yeah all right Go ahead. <laughs> so there's a there's a, a few prospects here that Philly fans are especially familiar with. Okay. Anyone who was watching St. Joe's Prep uh, a few years ago remembers the juniors, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. High Marvin, school guy? Uh, I mean, I, I like uh, watching high school football. Um, so we don't need to get into Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, I, I think for the sake of an Eagles show, He's gonna be long gone, but uh, but but there's a lot of intrigue about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I remember watching a, a Syracuse Clemson game and seeing that Axe Man celebration. Yep. I didn't realize today was the first time he did it. He actually made his father cry when he did it. Uh, brought tears to his eyes. You can That's awesome. find a story on allphly.com um, about that. Uh, but uh, what's your sense of Jeremiah Trotter Jr.? And I know in Philly they're scouting the name. If you don't scout the name, you just scout the player. What jumps to mind? I think a lot of the things you loved about Nicobe uh, at Georgia are present when you talk about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. He's he's really physical. He's really instinctive. Uh, he was the heartbeat of that defense. Even as a young player, a lot of the the, the veterans there would look at Jeremiah Trotter Jr. and, and he was kind of that guy uh, for that unit. So um, you know, he brings the physicality. He's been a good tackler. Uh, we'll see how he tests this week. Uh, I think that will be important for uh, for his draft stock. I think at the end of the day, you're probably looking like middle to late parts of day two. Uh, that would be my guess right now with Trotter. Do you think that that is like duplicative with Nicobe Dean? Would you want two guys like that on the field? Yeah, I think that it depends on how you're going to play defensively. And at the end of the day, you just want good players. So I don't think that that would be, if you had two guys that were similar, then maybe you'd go towards the varying skill set. But if if he's the best one and it's clear and clear and that, and you, you know what, that, that's the guy that we want to go, or that's the position we want to go with here, then I don't think that that's a, a turnoff from that standpoint. Um, <clears throat> as we think about like how the Eagles can get back to, being really, really good. We have talked about like their, their key to success, I think is, is, you know, being a top five offense. Um, where are the places in the draft where they could do that? Is there like a, is there like a day two running back who offers a lot of pop? Definitely. Um, you know, I think in terms of like explosiveness, I don't know that any of the guys we're talking about day two or like that kind of like uh, explosive athlete. The only one I would say would be um, uh, Jalen Warren or Jalen Wright, Wright, rather. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Wright uh, from Tennessee. Uh, He's got some juice. He was a big time sprinter in high school, uh, was a freak freakless guy for Bruce Feldman over the the athletic this past summer uh, because of what he can do as a, a straight line athlete. Showed it this last year at Tennessee, too. I mean, it broke off a lot of big plays, both as a runner and as a pass catcher. So uh, if you're looking for, like, some some juice there at running back, I would say that he's probably your, your best bet. Um, but there are a number of backs that I think are going to go off the board when you get into, like, you know, mid-round two into round three that uh, it's just me a matter of when that run starts. So Jonathan Brooks from Texas, uh, Ray Davis from Kentucky is a really tough physical runner, actually started his career at Temple. Uh, Audric Estime from Notre Dame. Uh, Trey Sermon I, I really like as well. Trey uh, Sermon? Uh, Trey Benson, sorry. Yeah. Trey Benson, I'm getting my <laughs> names like, all jacked up Trey here. Yeah. Uh, Trey Benson uh, from Florida State. I, I think when you look at him and his skill set, uh, both these guys, uh, both he and Ray Davis, uh, Marshawn Lloyd as well, are really tough physical runners runners you know downhill uh can work through traffic and have the ability to create their own yardage so um, martin frank guy well he's he's from delaware <laughs> i believe you he's definitely a martin frank guy there yeah. i feel like ray davis is a very funny name for somebody <laughs> to have these days feels feels like a 1920s name <laughs> ray davis <laughs> I he was, uh, he was there. Diddy, strong, a, a strong draft take right there. Well, he, he was there when, <laughs> yeah, Elmo, when, when Elmo's first opened. He was there yeah. in, a, uh, in a, a dimly lit corner. Yeah, there's a picture of Ray Davis on the wall and, yep. and St. Elmo's. I think Bo's guy among the running backs is going to be Braylon Allen uh, uh, from Wisconsin. I think the youngest guy in this draft, the 20-year-old, uh, mm. like a 245-pound running back who wears number zero. You'd like to see it, yeah. He's going to know what I like. I know you like young guys. Oh, oh, that's true. I know you like young draft prospects, I should say. I'll young guy guy? 
Yeah, I'm a young guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Allen's going to – he's really explosive. Uh, I think he's going to test really well this week um, and more of the straight line stuff. So the, the jumps and the 40-yard the dash I think will look good for Braylon Allen. What else you got, Zach? Oh, I have I have so many things here. Let's hear. Um, so let's we talked about offensive skill guys. Yeah. Uh, on day two, I, I I would imagine early day two, but even perhaps in in, in the Eagles range, Texas has three offensive skill players who are going to go in yep. that in that range. Uh, Mitchell is it Adonai Mitchell? Adonai uh, Mitchell, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then Xavier Worthy and Jatavian Sanders. Uh, I like Mitchell when he was at Georgia. Um, and then you and then and then Worthy's a big speed guy, and then Sanders. I mean, I have a tight end fetish apparently um but uh what's you for admitting it (laughs) what's your your read on the on the three uh texas skill guys um so i like uh, i like mitchell Uh, i like sanders a lot i like worthy so i'm glad you brought all three three guys up uh we'll start with mitchell if you're looking just purely at his top 15 top 20 plays uh you would put him up against most of the top players in this class and what i love about mitchell too is that when the lights were shining brightest, uh, he always showed up like the biggest games, biggest moments. Like a Bradley Roby type. Uh, yeah, or you're like a uh, <laughs> dynamite you know, drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's been one. Of the, I remember that was a thing that people said about Deshaun Jackson as well. It was like, oh, when, when, the, when they play, when we play prime time, you always kind of looked at, at Deshaun uh, and knew he was going to come through. Mitchell has been that guy both at Georgia and at Texas. Uh, and I think when you look at him, he's got a skill set. Again, like when everything looks exactly the, the way you would want he looks like an odell beckham type he, he's he's got a lot of twitch coming out of breaks uh the, his ability to get off a jam is impressive he can snag the football out of the air uh he's got juice to attack all three levels so there's enough there with adonai mitchell it's just more of a, a consistency standpoint there uh with jc sanders really athletic undersized move tight end type uh what can he do as a blocker that's the question so that's kind of the archetype he falls into but He's great with the ball in his hands. He was used a lot down the field. I love that offense <clears throat> with Texas. Uh, I think Steve Sarkeesian does a great job from a design standpoint, and they do a great job of getting their playmakers the football at all three levels. And Sanders was one of those guys they took advantage of. And then Worthy, um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Zay Flowers. Mm-hmm. He's that kind of a player. Uh a little bit undersized, might be more of like a slot, like movement type, um, but can be used vertically down the field. Had some drop issues over the course of his career, but uh, also showed the the efficiency and the ability to make the, the big play as well. So uh, that's how I view all three of those guys. And, and then another question I, I wanted to sneak in before passing back the bow is that uh, the Eagles have, have gone heavy on the national champs the last three years. Mm. Uh, Michigan is well represented here at the combine. 18 guys. Yeah. Uh, 18 guys? 18 guys. Wow. I'm not going to ask you to six break- offensive linemen. Wow, I'm, I'm, backup offensive line. I'm there. not going to ask you to break down all 18, but who's your favorite of, of the Michigan players? Because it's, oh. it's 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 not as if you know you're you're looking at Michigan guys going in the top 10 here. It's more like in that range that Eagles fans will want to study. Um, I would say it's JJ McCarthy uh, would probably be my favorite of that group. See again, um, I mean yeah. the way that you were able to just pull up and and quickly search. I mean, for the you know, com- guys, Command you know, F. I'm not guys, I'm not yeah. like uh, splitting the atom here. Command <laughs> F. You know, parentheses uh, Michigan. Like it's you know, this guy. <laughs> Um, I, I would say that it, I look at uh, J.J. McCarthy uh, first off. I, I love the profile there with him. Um, he'll be a 21-year-old rookie. Uh, I know that the volume has not been there from like a uh, pass game standpoint. Yeah, and quarterback profile-wise, that that worries me a little bit. Th- there's, the, there's, the, and I think there's something to that when it comes to like oh the the number of passes, but. You have to remember too, like it's the it's what people said last year about like the Eagles' offense in 2022. Oh well, you know the, the they haven't been good in the second half of games. It's like well, that's because they you know they uh, it was run the ball, nurse a lead, uh, you know, and kind of run to victory. When you he came out of games in the second half, like more than half the season this year, okay. uh, they 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 took the pedal off and just kind of wanted to run the football. So um, he's got plenty of starts under his under his belt. JJ McCarthy, 28 starts is plenty. Uh, he's played just under 1900 snaps which is also that that's plenty he just hasn't had a lot of pass attempts and so uh i think when you look at it it's not a oh you know he, he hasn't played a ton it's more just the, the way that they wanted to play football it's like um, matt ryan at penn charter uh, that I, is great reference there that's correct yeah, and, he's the hand of ball to tony mcdevitt how he comes in this week how he measures will be big uh he's listed right around 200 pounds it's a little bit light uh you know so how big is he but he'll be a 21 year old rookie uh, i love the way he attacks uh the middle of the field he's got a pretty live arm consistent accuracy uh and ball placement and touch i, I like jj mccarthy i think he i think at the end of the day he will go in the top 10 top 12 of this draft mm, interesting i mean it's probably if you're from the eagle standpoint 
That's good. Like a lot of quarterbacks going early, a lot of wide receivers going early. early. Yeah, pushes some pushes some guys down in their range potentially. Yep. No, I, I think that that will be helpful, and then we'll see uh, uh, in terms of like the the offensive tackles. You you know some of them are going to go. How many of them go? Uh, I think that will uh, will bump you know some more of those players down. Just keeping an eye on the chat as the show has been going on. I need to let you know. First of all, Brenna says hello. Oh, She's of very course. excited to Brenna to okay. see you. Outstanding addition for your team. Uh, we see. Uh, Putting the TE and mistress for Zach. We see uh, Franwich. Yeah, as, I like that. Uh, what's going on here? And uh, my favorite, only Franz. Ah, nice. My favorite's Fran Duffy needs a coaching job somewhere. A lot of love uh, for Fran. Yeah, 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 that's that's. Fran, uh, I'm, that's, I'm, that's I'm nice to say, but I'm coaching a six-year-old flag football team, so I, I might need you to jump on. Now, so. See that I'm all yeah, in on. Okay. Uh, that I will. That I will get in because that's the, the time commitment there. Uh, you know, you the remember when you were designing us route concepts for uh, for our flag football league? Well, that's right. You know, you, you mentioned this on the show yesterday. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I've seen some great receivers uh, in bubble ball. Like, no mention of a guy that. Uh, how many passes did I ever drop for you? I mean, can't, listen. Can't give me. Can't give me a name. Drop. You were very good player. <laughs> but oh man. Oh wow. All right. First of all, but. I found you to be more of a difference maker on defense. On defense, sure. Okay, because okay. uh, you were diagnosing everything that was going on. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I cannot sit here and honestly say that, like, Alex Seiferth wasn't a more sure. dynamic weapon on the outside. Drew Masiangelo with the enormous speed, the explosive speed that he had. Greg DeLuca. Yeah. Wide catch radius. I mean, I, I like throwing to a friend, but. If I'm being honest, I can't. I can't put you number one. I am glad that at least you you gave uh, some credit to some. Day. It wasn't just a nebulous like oh like you know I saw some good receivers. So and then I mean Jeff Weedmeyer, yeah. uh, as fast as it gets. Although he was usually more on Alex Zirkel's team. Yes, uh, and you know I, what I enjoyed about those days was that uh, you know we while we drafted new teams every week, it was typically the same. You know, a lot of yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of overlap week to week. And there was one day I believe one time when Michael Clay played. Yes. And uh, boy, did that make us look ridiculous. I mean, mean, he was going like 40% and just like dusting everybody. Yeah. There's just a different tier, like multiple tiers of athlete when you talk about anyone that had played collegiate football versus, you know, regular people. It's yeah, not, not close. Yeah. There you go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Anything else, Spaceman? <laughs> I, have a, I have a question. I, I, I snuck in, too. Uh, so you're up now. In the ping pong. Well, we got to be wrapping this up a little yeah, bit because so the, the CHGO guys are, are coming in a minute. Why don't you give them one more? One more is, so I was I was hoping that in your Michigan answer, you would talk about Mike Sandstro mm. um, or Junior Colson. Okay. Uh, yep. And I ask those because those are two positions that the Eagles fans are, are watching closely here. Um, and I ask, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Sandstro. I believe uh, that's correct, yeah. And because slot cornerback, you know, I heard Daniel Jeremiah say last week this is he has i think 14 cornerbacks with top three grades or or grades in the first three rounds but he said after like the first few you're looking at a lot of slot guys um and and to me mike sandstrill's like one of those someone you can fall in love with just in terms of when you watch him play uh what jumps out about those two players in particular so let's talk with sandstrill first uh 
five, listed 5'10", 182. So very undersized uh, and for that reason has been mostly a slot corner. Um, came to Michigan as a four-star receiver recruit and actually played receiver his first three seasons there. Caught, caught five touchdowns, uh, had a bunch of catches over the course of his first few years, and then made the move over to defense and played some uh, and played nickel corner the last two years. Now, he is a fifth-year senior, uh, played, a, played all five years, well, only 23, so not a, not a huge anchor on the draft stock there, Bo, but um, has been extremely productive when he has played. You, you look at the just this past season, six picks, six PBUs, two forced fumbles, a sack. Last year, seven PBUs, an interception, two sacks, six and a half TFLs. He's always around the football. Uh, he's got really light feet. I, I, the change of direction is outstanding. I expect him to look really good in position drills this week. Only one penalty in 26 starts wow. uh, on defense. Good stat. Um, uh, like a really aggressive player downhill. Uh, so I think when you look at San Sandstrill uh, has only played defense full-time for a couple of years. He's a little bit older, uh, so there, there's okay, there's a, some projection. But uh, history is a core four special team starter, so uh, you, you're not worried about that. The floor, I think, is really, really high, uh, but now it's just a matter of the ceiling. And so, um, you know, how he tests this week, I think, will dictate where he goes. If he tests really, really well, I think he's square day two. If he doesn't test, uh, if he does not test well with those other things that we talked about, then I think it's like, all right, we get into like the later rounds. But uh, I do like Sandstrill. Uh, Junior Colson is, he's a fun player. Uh, he's not, he's not the fastest but he's fast enough. Uh, how fast is he? We're going to get a sense uh, here on Thursday night. Um, 6'3", 247 pounds. So he's, he's got legitimate NFL size. And at that size, I don't think that he was a bad athlete. So uh, I do like that a lot. He plays through contact really, really well. He's a strong tackler. He's been in the single-digit uh, – <laughs> you a tackle guy? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Chris Jones' sporty. Uh, how? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Junior Colson, the last two years, has been in a single digit in uh, missed tackle percentage. What a funny thing to happen. <laughs> he overcame that adversity. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> How? Why was that in your head as I'm talking about? I don't know. I think I was going to ask you a question. Who's most likely to run a 40 like Chris Jones? So that said, <laughs> Junior Colson is a good player. Uh, I think that he'll probably be in the day two discussion sack once all said and done. Uh, all right. That's literally crying real, right tear, real tears, real tears coming out of Bo right now. It's like, like Jeremiah Trotter watching the X celebration. <laughs> Bo is shedding tears right now. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the uh, PHOY Eagles podcast. Fran, where can our uh, our listeners? I mean, obviously they know who you are, but if not, where can they? The uh, Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. I'll have a recap uh, of the combine. Uh, myself and Ben Fennel, we did a preview of what to expect in all the drills. So drills don't start until tomorrow afternoon. So you've got some time to be able to take that in. It was about ninety minutes. It was a long show, but uh, got through everything there. I got a cheat sheet series with uh, it's articles getting ready for every position, uh, and I have, also have a piece coming out uh, this week on. Uh, behind the scenes of uh, the formal meetings uh, oh, nice. uh, of the uh, that happened here at the combine. Oh, I so, love that. Uh, met with some people here with the Eagles. Uh, and they kind of gave me uh, a sense of the process into those meetings. So that'll be a fun piece. So uh, that's, that. that's a tease, uh, which you are well familiar with. Quick nugget to supplement that: Jeremiah Trotter Jr. has had a formal meeting with the Eagles. So when you read Fran's piece, you would know that this is what happens in those formal meetings. Yes. All right. Well, there you go. So that'll do it for the episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast from the combine here in Indianapolis. We are back in Philly tomorrow at noon uh, and same thing on Friday. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Zach, for all of us here. We thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, enjoy your space time. And as always, we love you. Go, 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 go. Go, go, go.